I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. A lot of Russell Wilson talk, and we've got the odds. We've got the odds. And this is surprising. A 20% chance Russell Wilson doesn't take the first snap for Seattle this season. That is a big number, 20% chance based upon the Vegas odds. We had a big game with the Lakers and the Jazz, and as you know, the Jazz dominated. Now 22-2 and straight up and against the spread. This is one you haven't heard. Anthony Davis, when he's off the floor, nine straight ATS losses for the Lakers. Tonight, it's Giannis and the Bucks, Zion and the Pelicans on TNT, Milwaukee at home, favored by eight. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. We got them back, everyone. Everyone, You know, sometimes you got to wonder, why are they so concerned about Jonas? When's Jonas coming back? And say, like, oh, wait, I'm doing the reads, I'm doing... and. I, you know, I'll be candid. I think I can hold my own, but not against Jonas. See, that's the thing. Jonas <laughs> is the best, in my opinion, as good as you get at it. And my goal is to be average. So at the reads. And I, in a way, Jonas, you should feel very good about the interest <laughs> in your return. By the way, sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their bodies. After a long three days in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Hey, always good to be here, RJ. And if it makes you feel any better, I'm a horrible sports better. So at least, you know, we're well, even there. So that's you're the true. That is yeah. average, you only go for average on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take 40%. If I can get the 40%, I'm good. Uh, but RJ, on a day in which we've got the Utah Jazz continuing to roll in the NBA, and we've got quarterback rumors and some shaky uh, relationships being had in several places around the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? You know, I'm thinking about it, Jonas. You kind of missed the point. I was being self-deprecating, but I'm pretty good at that stuff. You're, but you were like, yeah, you're right, RJ. You're horrible at that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> we're going to go with the Seattle and Russell Wilson situation because I'll tell you this. Even yesterday, if you would have asked me or anyone that I listen to when it comes to the NFL, uh, Mike Lombardi, for example, friend of the show, said this is a money grab. Or not a money grab, a money uh, motivated actions. The theory being, okay, it's been a few years since Russell signed the contract. He's starting to slip down the list. Maybe you know a bone, you know uh, another year tacked on with a, a signing bonus. He felt like it was a financially driven discontent from Russell Wilson, and now the idea of what uh, what gain could there be from the agent saying? 
here's the four teams we'll go to. All that's going to do is cause everyone to speculate on it. I I got to wonder, and I mean, we'll talk it through, but this feels bigger than I thought it was just yesterday. Yeah, and it started out, there was a report via The Athletic that Russell Wilson and the coaching staff uh, had a disagreement that the relationship is not the greatest right now. Then after that report came out later on in the day, Russell Wilson's agent, Mark Rogers, told ESPN that Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle, but if he were to consider a trade elsewhere, the team teams he would go to and the only ones are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders and the Bears. Okay, so sometimes things slip out. Sometimes it's an accident. Obviously this wasn't the four teams being released. It was deliberate. It was strategic. It had intent. What intent do you think it could be to because by putting out the four teams, one you're going to, I don't even know, does New Orleans feel good about this? Do they feel bad about this? Does, I mean, the idea that Dallas and Chicago's on there, but other teams that maybe seem better aren't, it's like, oh, it, it, it's like if they were trying to get this story discussed, that the perfect way to do it was the list of four teams. Why in the world? What's the motivation? I, this is... This one, I, I agree with you. This feels different. This doesn't feel like, well, you know, they're just trying to rattle the cage to get them to be aggressive in the offseason to go fix whatever problems they have on offense. This feels like there's a real issue there. And the fact that they've been so specific at this point in time with the four teams that have come out, like we haven't – look, Deshaun Watson, we've heard the rumors about what teams uh, he would consider going to. But, but I don't know that we've seen specifically these are the four that I want to go to. And so – I. I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out what the exact play is other than the obvious, which is, look, I'm willing to play for five teams. Seattle, you're one of them. But if not me, here's the other destinations you could have a conversation with. And the irony of this is there's only a handful of players in the entire NFL with a no trade clause. And Russell Wilson's one of them. And he's saying, I want out. You know, I may want out of here. But if so, you're not going to be able to trade me anywhere. I get to decide where I might go. And you know what? You might spend a week on a trade, and at the last minute I'll say, you know, actually I looked at the USA Today. The weather isn't so good in Dallas. I'm not going. And what would happen? Everyone would say, okay, okay, Russell. It's like, I'm going to keep repeating this. This will be a catchphrase, maybe. Where does it end? I mean, just in the last two years, the idea that – you can pay someone gigantic money. I mean, generational wealth. And they play football. And let's be candid, didn't have a great second half of the season. And maybe that's part of this. Maybe Russell Wilson is figuring, let's get a narrative going here about why I'm doing so poorly. It's the coaches don't know what they're doing. It's some. It's the line isn't any good. And to me, it feels like, Russell Wilson went from one of the the more team uh, focused guys, you know, a great locker room guy, to someone who I would make the case. I'm not even sure if there's been a quarterback that got paid, you know, top dollar that's been this disgruntled for so little. Like, what what would that list be of you know? Un, or ingrateful or ungrateful quarterbacks, you know, because quarterbacks only because they're making so much money, is 
the, the supposedly what happened was he didn't get a say in the game plan. Yeah. When when has that ever? Can you ever remember the quarterback's mad because he's not getting to do the coach's job? <sighs> Not to the level that he asked for a trade and wants out. I mean, Peyton Manning wanted more control in Denver. I, I had heard, you know, those rumblings. And ultimately, they made concessions and they, and they gave him the control that he wanted. But it wasn't like, you know, give me control or I'm out of here. And we talked about it. Five weeks into the season, Russell Wilson was the MVP. That was just four months ago. And now we're talking about he's willing to go to, you know, the Cowboys or the Saints or the Raiders or the – like, it's crazy how – things have turned so quickly there yeah if you look at uh the stats from last season for russell wilson in the last five games of the year his qbr which is one to 100 50 is average was 61 so he was you know the 13th maybe the 12th best quarterback in the nfl you know and hey that's better than average by a smidge but he was way – again, we don't just look at five games. So, he on the season, I think his performance was fine. You know, for an elite a player. Obviously, it's yeah. good, but he's getting paid where it should be good. It certainly wasn't more than that, and the trend line was bad. And I just wonder how much of this is he's looking for excuses to, to, to discount that season or the end of that season. Or Colin, right here in FSR, is speculating – it's his wife is sick of being in Seattle. She's and, and he made a very interesting point, Jonas. If you look at the four teams, they are all in major, major cities that you could say have a, a, a good urban nightlife or there's a lot of business that's going to be done. That's actually interesting because it, it's not like four contenders. Right. It's yeah. it, it, the one common theme is these are fun cities, it feels like. Yeah, and I would say there's got to be one of those that maybe they don't feel like is is a realistic possibility or, or that, that they would go to. Um, I, I can't imagine Dallas would would make a move to, you know, uh, move on from Dak to bring in Russell Wilson, depending on what that would mean. Although what about Jerry a straight-up J- trade? See, but I, don't you have to get him signed? And I don't know what the sign and yeah, trade but what, what deal. I'm saying is, no, no, the way that works, my understanding is, is for the one year, right, is once he signs the uh, tag, they can trade him, right? But that said, anyone taking him is going to want him locked up, right? So that's yeah. your point. Um, yeah. You got to wonder, would Dak, would Dak have a problem going to Seattle? See, he doesn't seem know. to want to play in Dallas. Well, I, I just I, I don't I mean if you're not will if you don't like the money you're paying Russell Wilson right now what I mean Dak Prescott's not settling for anything lower than probably forty million a year. I don't think Seattle is complaining about the money though. Right? See, I I just I wonder if Seattle looks at this and goes you know maybe with our with with where we're at right now maybe it makes more sense to go financially in a different direction. I just I I I don't know man and, yeah. and I don't know well, like how much of an upgrade is. Would you consider Russell Wilson over Dak, like in the eyes of Vegas right now? I would say this is this is a fascinating question because you could make the point the last two years, and obviously Dak only played the four and a half games this most recent season, but you could make the case that Dak and Russell Wilson were comparable. But what you have for Dak is just this short period of time, a year and change, that he's been at this 
top level. Because you go back, he's had some years that haven't been great. And then you add in the injury question mark. So in a way, if they both play their best, I think they're comparable quarterbacks, Russell Wilson a little bit better. But I think the odds of Russell Wilson being who he seems to be are much better than Dak because there's two question marks, obviously. One, the injury. Two, just the lack of years performing at this level. Now, the flip side is Russell Wilson's older. And, you know, to some degree, a mobile quarterback who's like under six foot tall, they start slowing down a little bit. Now what? Yeah. So I, I don't know if Russell Wilson ages well on the field. Yeah, and, and the other part of this, too, I, I, do, I don't think it's just a coincidence that the four teams, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears, all have offensive-minded head coaches. He's never had that in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. He's always had Pete Carroll, always a defensive-minded guy. So maybe there's something to that as well, too, being with somebody whose main focus is that side of the football as opposed to the defense. And he's old school. I mean, most defensive coaches are, but he's old school. But yeah. I don't even think this is about old school. And to me, this is going to be the theme we keep hitting upon until we get a resolution. And I don't know what that's going to be. Is at some point, the players are going to have to, or there's going to have to be a reaction in which you've gone too far. There's a, a real backlash, you know, public backlash, and enough's enough. And I think we're there. I think in general, just think about it for one. Imagine you are the owner of Seattle and the following happens. You pay your quarterback, who's very good. You pay your quarterback, you know, whatever, $160 million over five years. Big, you know, gigantic generational wealth. Now, he deserves it, but now you've paid him. Okay. Now he plays good but has a bad end of the year. He's mad that he doesn't get to coach the team. And maybe that's a little disingenuous. I've, this is like new. It'd be like me saying, I'm mad because you didn't bring me three apple pies today. And it's like, I, I didn't know you were supposed to. It's like, yeah, I just decided three apple pies is a new thing. It's like you, the coach's coach. And here would be my big point about that. If the owner walked down and said, I want to have a say in the game plan, what would the coach say? He'd be pissed. Yeah, he'd be like, no, this is my job. Yeah. So if, if the freaking owner doesn't get a say in the game plan, why in the heck would the quarterback? Now, obviously, he has a right to g- express his opinion, but that's not the question. The question is, is it going to be followed or not? And, and this is also the same team who, remember Richard Sherman was on the sidelines yelling at them during a regular season game on what plays to call on offense towards the goal line because he didn't want to have what happened in the Super Bowl again. <sighs> so this is not the first time that they've had a player say, I think I can do it better than you. Give me an opportunity. And maybe they're just fed up with it at this point. Except somehow, some way, if you stack up the winning teams in the NFL uh, during th- this run of Seattle – Seattle is one of the three or four most winning teams. Two Super yeah. Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl. The playoffs nearly every year, if not every year. I mean, how do you do better? I mean, it's literally uh, better than the Steelers. It's, it, I mean, it's New England and who? I mean, Seattle might be the second most successful team during this run. In Kansas City, maybe? Uh, I, I mean... Let's just say it's close. I mean, obviously yeah. they've won recently, but I mean, with Alex Smith and stuff, I either way, you're right. They did make the playoffs that one year, but either way, it's like you you drafted the guy in the third round. 
he becomes a star. You pay him. You take you know two Super Bowl appearances. Apparently, Seattle has a lot of organizational advantage, a lot of great things team-wise. And then I get maybe he's peeved, but the idea that it goes to this, this is yeah. it, it feels like he's thinking, I just went out of here. We're on the downtrend, so I'll, I'll just cause some trouble. And if that's the case we got to think about the fans because if i'm a fan and i can't i'm i can't trust my quarterback because and i don't mean not trust like a a person that's untrustworthy but as my as the quarterback if you're saying he could just decide he wants to be gone anytime over something seemingly not that important or something that's unreasonable and then i've got to stop rooting for him i mean to some degree i think people are forgetting why they're they're splitting up billions of dollars it's cuz the fans care and if the players act like they don't care about the team why in the heck would the fans care about the teams and I, I also think that the fans just the feeling I got is in the Seattle area, the comments he made, not only on the Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio, but then afterwards, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. It, it came out as, whoa, we, we didn't we've never seen this side of it. And now yeah. as the days have gone on, you continue to see more of it. And also these rumors come out and Russell Wilson uh, goes to Twitter and he's got this produced workout video with some inspirational uh, quote attached to it. Do you really so want to like, be uh, taking Cam, uh, learning from Cam last year? <laughs> All right, we'll take, we'll take our first break and I'll leave this topic with one last thought on it. And it's this, is literally if the owner couldn't do it, but somehow the quarterback can. And you know what? It's something that's never happened before. We're breaking new ground. What quarterbacks or players are willing to get so mad over, they demand trades, even though they're getting paid. They got multiple-year contracts. Uh, listen, I, I'm not just – I'm not an owner guy. It's just to some degree a deal is a deal. And, boy, if you're going to break a deal, it better mean something. And this feels like it falls short. There might be something we don't understand about it. But so far, I am not convinced. We'll keep with the quarterbacks. We'll talk about Dak. We'll talk about Watson and also J.J. Watt. A lot of NFL news coming up. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words of the heaven. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get to a beatdown involving the former world champions and the best team in basketball. Aren't they the defending? Aren't they the current world champions? Well, we're out of the bubble. Yeah, but I mean, someone has to be the champion. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it's a new year. I mean, just because you hate the Lakers, don't. I mean, let, let's be that's, accurate. It, that's true. I mean, you know, I, I don't know I why everyone wanted there. you back so much. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking the NFL, also including or focused on a couple of the big quarterback disgruntled quarterbacks. We are the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep with Jonas, without Jonas. We're doing whatever it takes, baby. We're pushing through it. No, he's here. He, this guy hardly misses. He missed like a day and a half for his wedding. <laughs> Think about that and his honeymoon. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas right here in Vegas on the Strip. 60 degrees. The neon is chugging. The Utah Jazz, we've talked about them several times on this show. They are the best team in the NBA, and they improved to 26-6 and on the season with a 114-89 to route of the Lakers on Wednesday night. Okay, so this is the kind of game that gets everyone's attention. And the Clippers game last week, everyone's attention. And we've seen a big change in Utah's odds. The... Last week, a week ago, let's say, you could have gotten Utah at 12 to 1 to win the title. Now, low is 5 to 1 at some of the sharper books. So you can get a little better than that, but as low as 5 to 1. So even though you could make the case, well, wait a minute, this team is 22 and 2, but one of the losses came just this weekend. Why would they surge over the weekend? It's because the narrative is catching up. There was a lot of, yeah, you know, teams sometimes do okay in the regular season, but they're not playoff-worthy teams. And something switched with the Jazz. And to me, I think it's warranted. And we talked about it a couple times, so I'll just say at real high level, they have a horrible matchup, Utah, against Denver. And one of those losses was the Denver and these uh, the closest win they had Utah in this streak was the Denver so you take that out and then you say the Clippers after getting stomped on coming back in a zigzag spot for redemption and they only win by four I think if anything Utah gets upgraded for that I'm not sure that Utah other than Denver has played a bad game you know, nearly the entire season, the last 24 games, they are 22 and two against the spread. That is unheard of. If you just bet them 24 times, you would have lost twice and won 22. It's unprecedented. I will caveat Utah with one last thought. And this was in the ringer last few days. And the insight is resonates with me. The way you beat Utah is going to have five shooters on the floor, including the center, because if you can bring Gobert outside and there's no one Gobert can stay on, because sometimes the center will go outside, but they'll put someone else on him, as we've discussed. But if there's five shooters, and that's what the Clippers have, they can bring Gobert out, and it really weakens the defense because he's the big stopper in the middle. And if you think about it, the two teams that can that have five shooters at any given time, the Clippers and the Nets with Durant playing the five. So in a way, Utah might be the best team in the NBA, but they would likely have to go through two teams that match up really well against them by having five shooters and uh, the center specifically being able to shoot. 
What's your thoughts overall with Utah? Yeah, and I also think the Lakers not having Anthony Davis is a massive downgrade for them just based on the matchup. And you said, you know, they can bring Rudy Gobert out. Well, I mean, the guy who can do that is obviously Anthony Davis, and he can match Rudy Gobert, you know, when it comes to down low or bringing him out, depending on how they want to play it. So you saw last night, just in in watching the game and seeing how they played, it not only did they just look like a better team than the Lakers, but they looked – more energetic they looked more athletic they looked it like there's a significant downgrade from anthony davis to the third best player on the lakers whoever you think that may be schroeder was also out for the lakers which hurt them but it just it looked like they were on another level and whether they can keep this pace the entire season i have no well, idea they don't have to right no yeah th- i mean yeah so it's like what what's going to be fascinating is when they get into the postseason, are they able to take the next step? Because there were a lot of years that the Atlanta Hawks had great regular regular seasons. They were awesome. Same with the Toronto Raptors. And then they would get to the postseason. It would come to playoff basketball and things would change. That's what's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I know this is a short period of time relatively, but none of those teams were were 20 uh, 22 and two or however you want to characterize the, you know, the whole Agreed. season. And yeah. and I'm not saying that means they're going to do well in the playoffs. It's just, this isn't a team that's unexpectedly, you know, doing better than we thought. This is a team that's clearly the best team. And in, in fact, McKenzie research is extrapolate out. I guess there's no chance to beat the record only playing 72 games, but consider the 73 win win percentage and, hit it on the 72 and I mean, is, are jazz on the pace to, to break that win percentage? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'd like to look, no, I don't no, think not so. Not exactly. It's a uh, 82% currently for the jazz. They have to get up to 86%. Okay. So, but I tell you this and it, it doesn't work that way, but obviously they, st- it wasn't just arbitrary. They started a little sluggish and then they took off. Uh, you know, I'd make the case in the last 24 games, Utah's playing as well as we've seen any NBA team play. And I know the Heat had that super long win streak. So, I mean, that's better. But, I mean, we're talking about the top five streaks of the last 20 years, I'd say, out of this Utah team. And to me, it's really encouraging because it, it, it they're doing it. It's hard to relate to a player that just can jump out of the gym, right? Unless you're one of those rare people that can jump out of the gym, you're thinking, I can't do that. But then when you have this Jazz team, which is undersized everywhere but with Gobert Center, and they shoot the ball, and you know anyone that played basketball that wasn't tall thought they had a shot, and it, <laughs> it feels like this is the kind of game that an average person can relate to where I, and I think that's one of the reasons Steph Curry is beloved by many fans is you can relate yeah. to his game to some degree, right? You really can't, but yet, you know, it seems like you can. And uh, it just feels like you, uh, it's almost like a counterpoint, I think, Jonas, to what's happening with these NFL quarterbacks is th- the idea they're acting like the rules don't apply to them and all the things we've talked about. And Utah is like, let's bring our lunch pail to work. And to me, I appreciate that. 
Yeah, no, I, I they're fun to watch, man. They not only are they talented. Devin Mitchell feels like he's, uh, um, or Donovan Mitchell rather, feels like he's taken another step um, and really played well. And he didn't play well to start that game last night. Conley feels like he's figured things out there. Rudy Gobert and, and Mitchell had this, you know, strained relationship that they appear to have worked on and fixed. And then, you know, uh, Snyder, the coach, is I, I don't think it's talked about enough as being one of the really good coaches in the NBA. And so. So to see their development, and he's getting those guys to play defense. They've got the best defense in the Western Conference. Only the Knicks um, defense, as far as points per game allowed, is better than Utah in the entire league. So to see a team that does it this way, that plays defense, is kind of a nice change from the super team, gather a bunch of superstars recipe that we've seen for years and years. And to me, if you look at Conley, last thing on the Jazz, last thing on NBA for a little bit, is... Conley, you know, you could say an all-star snub, I think it's fair to say. And apparently there was reports that they asked him later in that game when it was a blowout, hey, do you want us to feed you the ball? Do you want to get some points, make a statement? You should have, you know, made the all-star team. And he was like, nah. He goes, let's just play the way we play. And to me, I like that. Though we did make some money uh, as a show, as a, uh, all of us, the listeners that took part, is we had a uh, over with Booker um, regarding his points. Uh, it was 27 or so, and uh, we thought he was really going to make a statement. And uh, he had, what was it, McKenzie? He had 14, like with three minutes left in the first quarter. 16 in the first six minutes. <laughs> yeah. So we, I actually had some bets, Jonas, where I get paid like seven to one if he scored like 39. And I thought we were going to just sweep it. <laughs> and, and we still won. He had 33, but he, he went one for six in the third. But I mean, those guys, I think we got to put that in our pocket for next year. The snubs like to score the next game. Right. It went, uh, you know, if you remember the Super Bowl bet you had, the prop bet was Pringle for the Chiefs. You had uh, ah. under one and a half catches. Yes. And he, he caught, he had yep. a catch on the first play from scrimmage for Kansas City and then got shut out the rest of the game. I got to tell you, that that <laughs> was, that because I mean, I, I'm just getting settled in to watch the game. It's like Pringle with the first grab. It's like, what? <laughs> but And at that point, I think the odds were probably 12 to one against us because it's yeah. not just he had a catch. It's that they somehow ran a play for him and, <laughs> and then the announcers go yes he is a local in this area he came from and it's like what the heck's going on here? all right be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific straight out of vegas here on fox sports radio i'm jonas knox voice of you the fan he's the voice of vegas rj bell okay we'll take our last break in the final segment we got two important things one we've got a big game on tnt tonight the Pelicans, and the Bucks, And there's a bet in that game that's won 12 straight. We'll tell you that. Plus, I'm announcing that on Friday, I'm going to have a game of the year type bet for us. I'm going to give you the details on that. It's going to be an NFL look. And uh, actually, check that. I got a big NFL pick coming up, but this is going to be a big NBA that's paying 12 to 1. So I got to tell you, Jonas, a lot of picks coming up. That's good. That's what we do. That's what you do, rather. Uh, That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan, and and R.J. in the NBA. It's the second of a doubleheader later on tonight on TNT, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's the Pelicans in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. And right now on pregame.com, Milwaukee is an eight-point favorite. Okay, fascinating game. So one thing is let's talk about Milwaukee because this is a team that had – the best two-year run in the regular season in NBA history when the team didn't win at least one title. So no team has ever played as well as Milwaukee's played the last two years, not counting this season. Net rating being the metric, the efficiency rating, and not won a title. So on one hand, you could say that's awesome. They played great. On the other hand, you could say it's been a historic disappointment And forget winning a title. They haven't even made the finals. This year, they made some changes. And to me, one of the reoccurring themes in sports is you want to be good for sure. Or do you want a great, (laughs) do you want a great chance to be good? Or do you want to take a chance at being great? And those don't go together, right? Think about what the Colts did. In my opinion, the Colts, maybe are pretty sure to be good, but I don't think Carson Wentz can make him great. And I'm not even sure he guarantees him good, so I don't like that move generally at all. But the question is, what are you going for? I mean, you look at some of these teams that are trading first round or giving up two first rounders for a safety, they're going for it. And I think Milwaukee deserves credit even though they haven't had nearly as good of a season this year they're trying different things they got different players in trying to do have Giannis do different things because really it it it, it hasn't worked in the playoffs in a way that I don't think was just bad luck and they've had a decent year so far Milwaukee but with Drew Holiday out they have only won three of eight okay now on the other side we've got Zion and Zion obviously is one of the big players in the in the future of the NBA. But something happened early, about a little less than a month ago, that changed this team. The Pelicans used to have a couple plays a game that Zion would bring the ball out court. It was kind of like a point forward, kind of Charles Oakley type, right? He's gone to 11 possessions a game that he's the point forward. And they have been outstanding, the Pelicans, in those possessions. And as his fitness gets better, as his health stays good, you're going to see more and more of that from Zion. And he's borderline unstoppable as a point forward. And if you look at it, the scoring on the Pelicans has been outstanding. They've gone over the total, Jonas, 12 straight games. If all you did is say, hey, Zion's pretty good. He scores, right? Okay, over. Give me uh, 500 on the over. You would have won. Winner, 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 winner. 12 straight. So it's working. It's not working on defense, but it's working. One caveat, though, is Milwaukee has Giannis, and the one thing that Zion does exceptionally well is go to the rim, and Milwaukee's great with Giannis stopping him going to the rim. 
two times Zion has played Milwaukee, he is shooting 38% in those games. In his career, he's shooting over 60%. 60% versus 38%. So as much as I like what Zion's doing now, I don't particularly like him to score over his points, which are around 28, because I do believe that the rim protectors, there's only a few of real good ones, are the way to stop Zion. So it should be a good game, but a lot of things to look at. Any thoughts on the game? Yo, I just the, – the talk on Zion, we keep saying, you know, and it's it's not us specifically, but the conversation is always about, man, if he could just get in shape. You know, once it, once his fitness gets a little better, and yet he's scoring 25 a game. I mean, like, like just to think about where he can get to when he does get, you know, right in, in the eyes of some people is, is a scary thought for a lot do, of people. Do you, do you think he's in tip-top shape? Um, no, but – I don't know if that's just how his body is or if he's still growing, developing, because he's still very young and he's going to get to another level physically like we see a lot of athletes do. I mean, you look at LeBron early in his career compared to where he is now, it's a night and day difference. Just the fact that he's not there at that point and still can score seemingly at will in in the low block against most teams is just it's amazing to watch this early. It's funny you say that's the way his body is. Uh, I grew up with a guy, whenever someone, they'd be like, he's fat or something. He goes, no, he's big bone. That's all. He's big bone. All right. I teased it. So tomorrow, this same time. So the last segment, 6.50 Eastern on Friday, I'm going to give my NBA future of the year. And it's a 12 to 1 payoff, Jonas, to win a division. And I would give it now, but we it, it's going to be like a five-minute handicap. But I, th- I think you might actually, because usually, you know, though, you know, I hit some extraordinary percentage. Everyone loves the, w- somehow you don't bet the games I give. Okay. I have a feeling tomorrow I'm going to convince you. Well, enough that you're actually going to bet this. What do you uh, think? I just I don't want to go into the rest of the season feeling guilty if I pay, bet the pick you made and then next thing you know they fall apart because it's going to be directly a result of my influence on the pick. So you're saying I you're giving me a building excuse? <laughs> I mean, I, how could I do better than that? How could I know. I, by the way, real quick, I know we got to run, but Russell Wilson, if he does get traded, the favorite right now, Las Vegas Raiders. If you missed any of today's show, including a look and a closer look at the Russell Wilson situation in Seattle, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 